I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 349 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast that we just recorded an episode of like two days ago, and I'm confused. I Jim there. and Riff, what have you been up to? Because you're the only people who have anything new to have been up to, as far as our listeners are concerned. Yeah, uh, so I've got this infant son. Yeah. Um, That's still? it? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. What is going on with you? Yeah, you got to get rid of that thing. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's a burden. Um, well, I thought you guys were surprised that he was that it was still an infant, not that he still had it. Uh, yes, could be either way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's he's at the point now where he's like mentally there enough that he gets bored by stuff. So like to the pile of things that he might be crying about, we have to add like he's been looking at the same thing for too long. Huh. So like you have to try t- rotating him ninety degrees. And now he's looking <laughs> at this other bookshelf. Um. What is he, uh, like, in the place where he spends most of his time, what is he looking at? Uh, the ceiling. Okay. You should put some, like, equations and shit on the ceiling so he'll be smart. How about, yeah, uh, or you can do, idea. like, pictures of Alabama. Uh-huh. So he can, he can think about Alabama? Well, Mobile. So, so that he can just look. Oh. Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, I, I thought you it. were just going to suggest so that he could, like, learn about the states in <laughs> no. order. Oh, in order, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is that, there's something before that, right? No, it's Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like that song, Alabama, Arkansas. I don't know the rest of the words, but they're not just the rest of the States. That's how they confuse you. <laughs> is it not, uh, Aardvark, Alabama, Arkansas, or, you know, the state of Aardvark. <laughs> uh, yeah. Aaron, the, Ard- Ard- Aaron, the Alabama animation. Aardvark is, uh, um, uh, what is that? Like a plumbing service? Sure. It'd be funny if they alphabetize things in the yellow pages by the average alphabetization value of each of the words Whoa, in it. What? Just so you <laughs> never be able to find fucking anything. What does that even mean? <laughs> well, I was conceiving of a, of a yellow pages in which Aaron's Alabama aardvark was first. <laughs> right. Oh, every word in the title. Uh, yeah. Not just every single letter of the word. How how would you do that if you were if you were alphabetizing couplets like you'd have to know how many there were in the whole set well, you would, figure out the alphabetical position of each of the two words and then well, put would, the entire phrase at the average so like uh, well, you'd want, Albert's you'd, you'd want z- like a, xylophones would be right in the middle you know how a, a, a phone book is um, is one dimensional as in it only has one set of pages that goes in one direction. Mm-hmm. If you could alphabetize it in, on two different axes and then invent a book that had two dimensions of pages so that you could flip it in one way and then also flip it in the other. I mean, arguably with a three dimensional book, you have access to more than one dimension. Yeah. So right. you, you might not even need to invent a new, new kind of physical book, just a way of like, it would be a house of leaves type thing. Oh, so that's it, I think. You just ever you you alphabetize it one way down the page and the other way down the book. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, um, but so like, let's say you have a phone book with a hundred thousand phone numbers in it. That doesn't right. seem crazy. That would not be the longest phone book in the world. But if you had a phone book in which you had to have an addressable ten thousand by ten thousand grid, yeah, that becomes much be a more lot of blank space, of an probably. engineering challenge. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd need to have like uh, pages cut out where there was 
I don't know why how this helps. I was just imagining like <laughs> the, the parts of. Well, you can hide a bottle of whiskey in there if you cut out enough of the pages. Are you suggesting a phone like book look... where every possible number is there, but if that number isn't in use, <laughs> that page is blank? Uh, that is pretty good. I mean, it's like a reverse phone directory with a bunch of like, you know, so you can see, vote for write in, <laughs> write in uh, candidates for who you would like to have that phone number. <laughs> They, so you, maybe they just ship you the phone book with all the numbers still in there, and you have to punch out the ones that aren't in use, and you have to call. You just have to call each one and find out what it is. That's a do-it-yourself phone book. Yeah, uh, that seems great. That's like a great way to meet your neighbors, and also everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man. So uh, you know how, like, if you write a program to generate every possible image, you can get arrested for child pornography, right? If you take every possible action, then like one of the one of the um, necessities of of proving um, guilt in a in a criminal uh, a criminal court is mens rea, meaning meaning guilty mind. If you take every possible action, can you really be proven to have a mens rea? Well, but I think there's also crimes like manslaughter where you weren't. Yeah, there's also I think they're called strict liability crimes. So uh, also, and I think having child pornography is one of those. Taking every possible action includes the action of becoming immune to law. Okay. So <laughs> you would have to you would have to prove also that the the action in question happened before that, not after that. Uh -huh. So do you take every possible action in alphabetical order by? The list of words that most succinctly describe the action, but averaged. <laughs> this isn't even. We couldn't even like make a puzzle no. out of this because it's, it's what too what, what, what I'm suggesting is it's like executable. It's like ac you can. It's actionable nonsense. It's like it does. There's that's I, only like maybe that would be more of the way through the like like puzzle. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Like, you could eventually, like, I mean, I don't even know how you would go about, well, it's easy to figure out how you would go about hiding information. How, how far into a word do you have to get? Before I guess, the secrets start pouring well, out. No, I was going to say, how far, how far into a word would you have to get before you could start? But, like, the least significant digit of alphabetization of a list of words depends on what words are in the list, right? I don't know if I followed that sentence. <laughs> you can't. Like, start ignoring words. Why, why are you ignoring words? Well, okay. I'm trying to figure out how to, once you've figured out what order these things are supposed to be in, yeah. by doing this insane alphabetization trick, how to then hide something indexed into the words without the construction of the puzzle becoming Sorry, impossible. I, I wasn't listening. Can you just go <laughs> like, back to the beginning of the podcast? Recursive. <clears throat> I'm Zach. I'm, I'm Riff. And now I'm second. Okay, wait. We have to alphabetize all of that based on what what comes first. I'm, 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 or I'm. How do you order those? <laughs> I don't. I think we can each say I'm, and then it doesn't matter what order they're in because they're all the same. We almost do it in reverse alphabetical order. Oh, the our yeah. names. Yeah, we figured out we could never That's remember. That's why I what... should be last, Kevin. That's why my name should go at the end. But Kevin likes doing his weird thing. I mean, I like doing my weird thing. <laughs> oh. Oh. Huh. I'd probably like doing a weird we thing if I ever tried it. Yeah. It's good. I could say, that's Jim. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you could say, 
Uh, that's Kevin. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's try that next time. Okay. okay. I'm sure you'll remember. Yeah. Spray paint a note to yourself on the wall so we can <laughs> lose. Cool so we can just lose our security deposit to <laughs> increase the strength of my argument. Uh, not that we've been having an argument. We get along perfectly all the time, and everything is great. Actionable nonsense versus unactionable nonsense or unactionable sense. Unactionable like, nonsense is way later in the dictionary than actionable so, nonsense. That's, that's true. Because, I mean, two things with nonsense. It's it's very easy to, I don't know, like all the kinds of disks. It's very easy to figure out where they go because, like, oh, of course, floppy disk is after a hard disk. That's not true. Not true. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's easy for someone who knows the alphabet, uh, but not for me. There was a moment in um, Thimbleweed Park where the clown character refers to a floppy disk and he calls it a big floppy disk. Mm-hmm. Like as someone would if they were describing a disk which was floppy as opposed to a floppy disk. Right. And I'm wondering if that was like voice direction or if that was the actor not knowing what a floppy disk is. Oh, I was uh, would have assumed it was a dick joke. Sure, <laughs> that that could be. Yeah, that just got me wondering if there was there used to be a sort of uh, let me be Will Shorts for a second here an e-zine, you might uh-huh. call it uh-huh. uh, called Big Blue Disc. I don't know why it was called that. It was blue, but it wasn't any bigger or smaller than any other disc. It had was some it, soft. Was it a disc? It had yeah. It was like a. It came. It was in a thing that was the size and shape of a magazine, but it was like a blister pack thing with like a single sheet of paper that just said what features it had. And then it was just, it had, you know, some software, maybe demos of stuff. Maybe there'd be a game every once in a while. There were also these like weird little animations, just like pixel art, like a little dude run around a maze and then get shot by a laser. Just just some fucking content on this disc. Yeah, just some content. But you know what? We were younger then. We craved content. Yeah, was, the world had not yet become, by. at least as far as we knew, a never-ending fountain of content. You know, I guess the world always has been a never-ending fountain of content, just not the specific kind of content that we crave. Right. Not, not what eventually became memes. Yeah, that's a, that's all we want. Right. What's what was the first meme? Who? Uh, it might have been the dancing baby. I mean, it depends how you define. Yeah, memes. if you're talking about like, the Dawkins meme, I mean, like yeah. Kilroy. Kilroy was here. Kilroy, the, sure, the, or or even like the, the, yeah, how did no. the chicken cross the Fire. road? But like the first word in the first language, I guess, was the first meme. Right? It was the first time two people started using an arbitrary symbol to mean the same thing to both right. of them. You don't think gesture? The invention or, of metaphor. Oh, there you go. God damn. See, we even impressed the person in the office next to us. I'm curious if that's coming up on the coming across on the mics. I doubt it. For those of you who couldn't hear it, someone next door said, oh, God. And now <laughs> they're hearing not, us talk about them, probably not in a sexy way. No way. We've just we've already established this. This baffling prevents all sound from getting in or out of this room. I'm talking a lot about the future of the studio. Um, it was aggravating how much better the podcast that we recorded in some randos living room in Austin, Texas, than the Even one without in the, all the studio pop that filters? we paid for. Yeah. Maybe what we need is more pop. Maybe we need more pop now. Maybe you need... Like but I'm worried that, that once we pop, we won't be able to quit <laughs> popping. You'll just continue popping? We'll just ne- never stop popping. Ooh. Probably what you need is like a couch and a TV set up in here. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. I think... Then this could be my man cave. <laughs> Don't say that. Gross. <laughs> 
<laughs> you want to see old Greg's man cave? <laughs> <laughs> huh. You know what? We were just in Greg's man cave. That guy's name was Greg. And you could ask Alexa. You could ask Alexa to turn on the man cave lamp. I tried to get Alexa to change the name of the man cave lamp to the sadness room lamp, but I don't think you can actually tell Alexa to do that outside the app. I said, Alexa, call the man cave lamp the sadness room lamp. And Alexa said, I can't find anyone in your contacts list named the man cave lamp the sadness room lamp. <laughs> I also said, Alexa, list all the lamps. And Alexa replied consistently, lamp is hurricane lamp. <laughs> so I, this uh, is yeah, like, that's good. There's not. Like, it felt like I figured out some secret way to unlock, like, an internal dictionary. I, like, I, I definitely want, like, the, the speech recognition tech in, that's, that's, uh, that produced that result to be in charge of all my Amazon purchases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, oof. Uh, I just may get a dash button for hurricane lamps. <laughs> I can imagine a situation where I would want to buy some hurricane lamps. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. But, like but if like, there's a hurricane coming. Well, yeah. You know, and I, if there's a hurricane coming that, and the electricity is already out, I, sure. I, the, it's weird that we've reached a point in human history where I find it, I find it less likely that I will not have access to electricity than that I will have access to lamp oil. Like, I have no idea where to get lamp oil, mm. and I have no idea where to not get electricity at this point. I think you can use pretty much any oil as a source of, of light if you just light it. You can burn olive oil? Probably. Never tried it. Unless you count, like, bad cooking experiments. Yeah, that doesn't tend to light on fire, does it? Yeah, I guess not. It smokes... Sure. Okay, so it's, could you could good. you make a lamp that produced smoke instead of light if you just dipped a wick in olive oil and lit it? <laughs> yes. Because that would help you. <laughs> yes, and? It's like, well, it's like the opposite of light, right? Yeah, it's like an anti-lamp. If you're a ninja, that'd be great. <laughs> they, people have been trying to invent anti-lamps for millennia. Just carry, you just just carry a hurricane about, lamp filled with olive oil. just don't know about oil. smoke. Just it's like a sensor, just a stealth <laughs> sensor. Because it just puts black bars over everything. Yeah, yeah, and then they can't see you. That way you don't even have to wear your ninja suit. So it's like you can do it in hot weather or oh, yeah. in a in a room that you've heated up by filling it with smoldering olive oil. <laughs> I mean, you this just you just be naked and then you'd have your black bars everywhere anyway. <laughs> everywhere, huh? Yeah. I mean, just from just from my waist to the floor. <laughs> all the dicks you have tattooed all over your body. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, I picked the wrong yakuza clan. To, uh, <laughs> this one's real fratty. <laughs> God, imagine, imagine if frat boys from different frats had to murder each other if they saw a specific kind of dick drawn on your forehead. It, okay. it demonstrated right. that you had been marked by a rival frat. <laughs> uh, guys, sometimes this podcast is really good. <laughs> sometimes. <clears throat> this is not necessarily one of those times, but I'm having fun. <laughs> It's a it's a good it's a good audio recording that we've been making. I don't, maybe the secret is to not drink. I'm what go, I'm way goofier on these when I don't drink. That's weird. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, we can start collecting data. Okay. Like have people rate the podcasts, and then also you rate them by how much you drank before. Oh no, we'll just do okay, a, and then we list a... them by the average of those yes. two measures, right? <laughs> to see in, a, in our two dimensional phone book. <laughs> Wait, let's okay, let's stop with the just the. Um, 
cardinal numbering system of the podcast and each podcast before we record it you just blow into a blood alcohol thing and say this is this this is this is vghd point zero six yeah point zero six yeah huh and for our for our 100th anniversary episode i'm dead <laughs> i don't think i have that breathalyzer anymore although i don't know why i can't imagine i would have gotten rid of it i think it's more likely that i just don't know where it is i've solved the mystery <laughs> Except that you've gone through all of your possessions recently. Yeah, but I, maybe that's in a case and I... I don't know. It might have already been in a box. You didn't open every box? Some of my possessions are boxes full of other possessions. <laughs> no, like I didn't like catalog and then move every piece of every jigsaw puzzle. Actually, you know what I did with every jigsaw puzzle I found when I was moving? I threw it in the trash. Uh, sorry to anyone who gave me a jigsaw puzzle as a gift. <laughs> that's the only place they would have come from. Anyway, but you kept your jigsaw. What have you? No, I had to buy a new jigsaw. I don't know where my original jigsaw went. Actually, you threw it out in one of those boxes. Fuck. Maybe it's still in the. Maybe it's still in the garage. Things out alphabetically. Oh, you know what? My old jigsaw was uh, one of the uh, a cordless one that you can't buy replacement batteries for. Huh. Um. Anyway, what have you been up to, Riff? Um. I went to uh, Portland Expo Games. Riff. Let me try that again. Portland Retro Games Expo. It's not your fault. It's really hard to say. Yeah. I hear that if you go there, you get really sick. Uh, I did not get sick, I, although I only went on Saturday. Maybe that maybe the you, disease day was Friday you or didn't Sunday. Smooch Cole Ross enough. That's possible. Yeah. I mean, really, you you, what the would amount be that you enough? smooched him may or may not be enough in your estimation. So you admit <laughs> the possibility that you didn't smooch him enough. Exactly. But yeah, it How was, was it? it was fine. I uh, hung out, hung out a bit with the guys, and uh, and uh, wandered around the show floor. the 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 shopping experience there is not as cool anymore as it used to be back before all the vendors discovered that they could just be selling their stuff to people all year long on eBay. So all no. the all the stuff they bring to the convention is basically the stuff that they couldn't sell on eBay, but they're still trying to charge eBay prices for it. <laughs> oh, so. I thought it was like maybe like in the forty year old version where when you went and said that you wanted it, they just handed you a card where they had printed out the URL of its eBay auction. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you couldn't actually buy it in person. Man, I I could totally see that happening someday. But no, now the the only advantage to buying stuff there is that you can you can actually look at it to make sure it's real and exists, and you can take it with you immediately. But I bought a couple that, of things. To be fair, that's a big advantage. That that is a fair advantage. That that was what caused me to end up with uh, two more Game Boys and a and a German copy of Pokemon Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you say yellow in German? Oh, you know, I probably used to know that, but I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, just read the box. It's right to, there. Used to know it. Um, mutard. Do you think that yellow and mustard are the same word? So when they have a hot, when they have a a a, a Wiener Schnitzel, they're they're just covering it with yellow. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like we refer to like orange is named after the fruit, like the color is named after the fruit. Right. So is this like yellow? The color see, yellow is named after mustard. When I see mustard. bottles of yellow mustard, is one of those words just the subtitle? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh. it's bilingual. Yeah. 
It's bilingual mustard. Well, it's yellow parentheses and mustard. Mm-hmm. Right. Yellow. Yeah, it's like when it says like the number five and then in parentheses oh, F I V E. Like when I tweeted that uh, box of uh, riceroni rice pilaf. Was it because your contention was that riceroni is inherently rice pilaf? Well, I was saying they're basically the same thing. Yeah. I here check this out. Paella and risotto are the same thing. Whoa. What? Changed my mind. How dare you? Oh yeah. Aioli is just mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And mayonnaise is a sauce. We established that. Yeah. It's a salsa. During dinner. It's salsa because salsa, salsa just, just means sauce. So <laughs> okay. technically this any was because like any the, liquid is a sauce. This is, was because like the um the, the Mexican place we went to had a salsa bar that happened to also have ranch dressing in it. Again, that is a salsa. A, a definitely a salsa. Um salsa de granja, they call it. Isn't revenge a <laughs> The best sauce or something? <laughs> yes. I've heard that one. What? <laughs> yeah. I, that's that's one of your uh, I know you are in what army yeah. style. <laughs> Good uh, mixed mixed idioms. Somebody just tweeted about uh, going back through the back catalog and how that was one of their favorite things from yeah. the podcast was you saying that, Riff. That's very good. Um, well, should we talk about video games? <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, I'm having fun, but yeah, all you know, right. the that's, people that's... the people are not here to hear this bullshit. Some of them are. I think, I think they're going to be disappointed. I think most of them are. People are here to hear our bullshit about video games. What have you been playing, Jim? Uh, let's see. I played some uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. Yay! Which, like, I know you guys probably described it last time, and maybe the time I don't before think that. We've talked about it yet. Yeah, but... we have not talked about it. Okay, I was going to say, like, I did not understand what this thing was. So I figured you'd probably just described it badly. Um, so this is a game where I guess you play like a supernatural insurance investigator. Um, because why do you, you have to be supernatural? Because you're invest you're, you can because you can view the deaths of yeah you've you've any, been any given a couple of supernatural tools by somebody. Is so it's not normal to be able to see the deaths of people. Okay, hey. now this podcast is about you, Kevin. Well, tell us about what you've seen. <laughs> I'm not supposed to talk about it. Okay, all right. And then, then we're talking about Return of the Overdin again. Okay. Uh, you are inve- you're walking around this ship, finding corpses, and you can use your stopwatch, I guess, or like yeah, a like a, like a po- like an old school pocket, pocket watch. watch. This all yeah. takes place in like the early 1800s. You're like an insurance investigator for the East India. Are you tea actually company. an insurance investigator? Yeah. What's that? Uh, Are you actually in in, in the lore? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You're oh, wow. like, okay. <laughs> you're actually uh, yes, explicitly because at the at the end of the game, before the credits, you you will actually see the like the insurance evaluation and how much the insurance company now owes the East India Tea Company. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a great twist ending. <laughs> I thought I was just like looking at all these p- pirate deaths because it was cool. Um, Wait, isn't there? So does your distaste for exposition extend to like if there's like a one page letter that you're shown at the beginning of a thing, you will like, did you just skip through the intro where it tells, tells I you what probably, you're there for? I probably, so probably what happened is that my eyes moved over it without absorbing anything, yeah, okay. which is often what happens. Fair enough. Especially with fucking terrible visuals <laughs> that are impossible to look at. I cannot I cannot disagree with you more. The so visuals I, I in this game are rad. <laughs> I, I actually think it, the text is, is very difficult to read. I find the text I, I agree. extremely I think, I think difficult the, to read. Like the, 
blown up pixel fonts either are, the I think, font choice or the font rendering was not to my but i it, I, th- I, th- I like the 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 3d rendering yeah, like, it, it might help if you turn off smoothing i i feel like the 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 on by default uh smoothing option kind of makes things look worse uh but that might also just be because i'm so familiar with early mac uh visuals yeah, either I so, turn that off immediately or I don't it's more subtle than I'm imagining because I I think of this game as being extremely pixely. Yeah, it it is still pixely. I I couldn't tell you exactly what the smoothing setting is doing, but Right. There's Lucas Pope wrote a big blog post about how he did the dithering stuff. Oh yeah, the, that was fascinating. The, the problem, yeah, no, it was really interesting. The um I'll link to that in the show notes. Cool. If I didn't last week uh, like by which I mean yesterday. Are yeah. you dithering about whether you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what I'm t- what I was talking about was when you are given like the UI elements are just straight up coarse pixel art with no effects yeah. added to them, right? Yeah. And like that, like I think like the text in Heroes Quest is very difficult to read. Yeah. Uh, because pixel fonts on a big monitor are just, I think they're just bad. Like. I hate anti-aliasing. Like I, like, I basically don't like anti-aliasing at all. Like, I used to not smooth. I always, would always turn off font smoothing on Windows machines until monitors got big enough that it, pixel fonts become illegible. Mm. And I think that's just a problem with the resolution of this game. Like, it is difficult to scan the text on the screen. Right. Can we do a sidebar? Do you guys know if the uh, word dithering meaning the graphics technique and dithering as in like the human activity did one of those come from the other or are they both from like the same root like the latin root oh, that's an interesting the, the computer one feels like it's hundreds of years more recent it's probably true maybe, i don't know that for sure but also is Unless di- di- the, like, like dithering was also like a cross stitch technique d- oh yeah yeah, like, do you just, like, every time you get to a new pixel of your cross-stitch, you dither about whether you want to fill it in or not. Right. Um, uh, so you're you're investigating these bodies. You you see a body, you use your, your watch on it, and then it gives you, like, uh, audio of what happened to this person in the last few seconds of their life, and then you get to see, a, you walk around a scene frozen in time of the last instant of their life. Yeah, like the the, um, the the individual point in time in which they died. Right. And then you can fill out a page of information. And it's just like, like, how did they die? Who is this and how did they die? Um, yeah. There's like a little form you fill out where you, you pick it. There's a drop down for like cause of death. And if there's more information, like you say he was, they were shot, like who shot them? Um and as far as I can tell, that's the game. The game itself is in, in like figuring out, is in naming and listing the cause of death of everybody on the ship. Yeah, it's, it's doing all the, it's proceeding through the, proceeding through the story corpse by corpse, which interestingly, you, you can, you can see like 90, nine percent of the story without doing any deductions at all, because all, yeah, all it of that. Like that- all is almost optional. Yeah, all of that is predicated just based on finding all the bodies. Uh, the, the what the uh, 
what doing all the deductions gives you is that it unlocks the the very last chapter of the book or actually the penultimate chapter of the book which okay. let which lets you see how like the last two or three guys died which which sort of gives you the final coda to the story and were they like not on the ship uh they were yeah wow is so do you think that that's like a is it effective storytelling in that, like, you oh. feel like you learned something new from those last few deaths? I just now what? understood Zach's question. The The reason you couldn't find the bodies before is because the room they were in is locked. And the getting all the getting all the previous deductions causes <clears throat> something to happen that gives you access to that room where those bodies are. Okay. Oh, so, like, it causes a change in... Yeah. I never really understood, like, why... Why does going back in time to look at the moment of the guy's death outside the captain's door make it so the captain's door is open when you come out of your stopwatch fugue? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it might have to do... I think it might be similar in nature to the power that the stopwatch has to create an image of a corpse that you saw inside a memory on the ship for you to access because right. because those things like those open doors uh have that sort of haziness that those corpses do so yeah, supernatural shit yeah i remember years ago uh at a dragon con playing the game of thrones board game with our friend roy who doesn't uh, play a lot of board games and after it was over he was like that felt like doing fucking homework the entire time I was doing it, and I never, like, I believed him, and I, you know, didn't ever suggest that we play a game like that again, but I don't feel like I ever fully understood it until I tried to play this video game. Hmm. I I heard an anecdote recently, someone's grandmother insisted that she sit in and watch, because she had heard bad things about Dungeons and Dragons, sit in, sit in and watch uh, her grandchild's Dungeons and Dragons game. And then after half an hour, she just threw up her hands and said, this is just math and stormed out. <laughs> yeah, but it's demon math. Yeah, right? demon it's, math. It's about, it's about goblins. I just like, I don't, I don't want to just sit and rag on this game because like everybody loves it and it's not, no, it's I, not interesting. Right. But yeah. literally a hundred percent of the choices in this game well, are like, just like, makes it like the Lucas, opposite of the thing I want to play. Like Lucas Pope's last work was also a game about Doing a job. Having a terrible fucking job. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I just, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, he, the, he said so himself that, that like, this is an extremely niche thing, and there's a lot of reasons why any given person might not be into this. Uh, yeah, but I, 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 I landed absolutely in the center of that niche, and it's, like, in serious contention for my favorite game of the year. What, what do you guys call, what do you call the, the genre of puzzle where there's a, I think there's a grid and you're trying to figure out the relationships between a set of people. Just logic yeah. problems. I think. Yeah. That's, I that's think what this feels like. The it's original like one was sort of like of the Einstein puzzle. Some, sometimes people call it. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, it's, it is very like that. It there's, it's slightly different than that because it doesn't, it doesn't straight up give you logical sentences that you can create like open and shut evidence from it's more right. it's more the sort of deduction that like sherlock holmes does when he says oh i can see by the patterns of calluses on your hands that you're a carpenter 
when right. like who knows that guy might just jerk off weird but probably he's a carpenter you know that makes sense yeah yes it's it's he all got, like observations. he lost his he lost his dick in a whaling accident and got a wooden dick <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he couldn't afford a good wooden dick so he just used a hammer <laughs> aha i tricked you sherlock i'm not a carpenter just, uh so yeah to me it, like it was like a a nightmare where you're at a party where like you're not allowed to have a beer until you memorize everyone's name at the party but when you have get you there they to, take your parties like that they take your glasses that does sound bad and then you realize that the beer is also piss, and <laughs> then you just leave. And then it turns out you're actually in a hospital. <laughs> or so I I I used to have. I know this came up last time. Like among the like versions of hell that I would imagine as a kid, I I imagine like all right, you're in hell. You you cannot do anything but try to exactly recreate this entire piece of music from memory until you get it perfectly right. And you get no feedback along the way, whether you've done it or not. And I think I would think about that with like pieces of music that I knew really well. And I like knew every note as they were coming up. And I'm like, would I be able to reconstruct this if I was in this weird version of hell that I've imagined? And that is seriously what this game feels like to me. It's hmm. the first time I f I'm like, cool, I figured out who somebody is and who killed them and how they died. I filled it in and the game said, this may or may not be correct. We'll let you know later. I just alt F4. Yeah, I mean, so the I, like I still haven't been told that anything I do is correct. Does that mean I've been wrong the whole time? I guess it means you haven't gotten three people yeah. fully correct. Okay. Yeah. Which, like any three, any, any three, any I guess. Three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can't just make totally random guesses because you would have to guess three of them correctly at once. Right. That seems that's an interesting compromise from a design standpoint between like just telling you if you're right or not versus not giving you any feedback at all. Yeah. Versus making a different game. <laughs> yeah. Like what like versus making a different game when it became clear that this idea wasn't tenable to make an entertaining game. But, you know, Ooh. that's not that's not as <laughs> I get I I got to stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't regret buying it. I'm happy that everybody is enjoying it. I'm happy that I, I am actually very, very happy that some, like, like, 80s-ass game in the sense of this isn't really any genre. This is just yeah. the thing a guy came up with. And, That's actually really cool, yeah. And yeah. made, like, I'm super happy that that kind of thing is 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 coming out and can exist and can be made by basically one person, like Alan Hazelton. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, yeah, parts, like, I have no nostalgia for... The, for the graphics on a Mac, like that just always felt like a comp, like a shitty compromise to me. Like I look at, and it's weird because I'm gonna make black and white games, but like I look at like Dark Castle on the Mac, and I'm like, oh, this would look better if it were allowed to. <laughs> you know. it's it. I I don't know. I kind of I, I do have the nostalgia for it. Yeah. So it's that's probably that's honestly that's probably a big difference between our. Like, if you don't like looking at this game, that's yeah, going to affect yeah. in an enormous way how you feel yeah. about playing it. Also, just, like, having to distinguish between a bunch of different identical dudes and get no feedback about whether you're right or not, that's like... I, I do mm. think that, like, that aspect of it, like, it's probably built built into the balance, but, like, looking at 
shitty like pixel renditions of like a woodcut is what you're looking at there. What, yeah, and there's always something in the way. Yeah. And unless uh, I guess there's a way to look at that without I, who knows? having it. Like, yeah. Yeah, you can you can uh when you're looking at a guy and you press the thing to make the the illustration come up, you can kind of move around if he's blocking it to to see behind him or or I think hit triangle or whatever button to pop to that page in the book. Right. Does it? Ha- did you just have to guess that? Uh, At some point, it told me the button to yeah. highlight a dude. Yeah, I don't. Remember- I was playing for a while before it did, though. Like- I don't remember ever being told a single control. Like I was so confused for. Like I did not understand for a really long time that when you use the watch to go into a memory, that just eventually you come out of it on your own. I always assumed that I had finally hit whatever fucking button you were supposed to hit to make something happen was, in the video game. I was also wondering that for a long like, time, yeah. And anyway, I said I wasn't going to do this. Okay. I said, I, right. wasn't, I, said right. I wasn't going to cry. Okay, so this. I haven't been playing this next thing, but I was watching somebody play uh, Pathways into Darkness, which oh, is wow. the game that that um, Bungie made before they made Marathon. Yeah. I think uh, it actually was, it came out... It, it it like I've I've seen it argued that it might have been like the first first person shooter because I think it came out like real near when Wolfenstein 3D did but didn't get any attention or something. I I, I would wonder, have to look like, that up. I might be misremembering, but it was very I, I, very early. So so it made first person shooters before they made Wolfenstein. They made some EGA stuff that used okay. similar tech. Uh, but Pathways into Darkness is like it it looks. It's a very strange, um, especially nowadays, it looks very strange because like the way you play it, I, I don't know if this is a window you can move around, but the way that What's-His-Face was playing it, it was like in the top left corner of the screen was like a first-person shooter. And then covering the entire rest of the screen was like just RPG game UI yeah, from the yeah. 80s. Inventory spaces and dialogue boxes and all shit. Yep. It was a very like strange juxtaposition of like here's what games used to be and here's what games are going to be going forward and they did they didn't know that that was the case when they made that game they were just trying to make a game and i just thought that was super interesting what's the uh what's the game about griff do you know this yeah it's uh it's you're like a soldier or an explorer, I think a soldier of some sort who has been dropped into an ancient Mayan pyramid, some, 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 some species of pyramid in the middle of the jungle, um, because it's been determined that there's some kind of Lovecraftian entity down at the bottom of it that you need to blow, that needs to be blown up, but the, the, and the initial squad of soldiers that was sent in to do that has vanished. So they send you in to find the soldier, find out what happened to the soldiers, find the bomb they were carrying and the uh, initial initialization codes for that bomb and get down to the bottom of the pyramid and blow up this elder God. And, and while you're in there, you also discover like 
the the remains of Nazi soldiers who were there because this takes place in like the eighties. So you see like forty year old dead Nazi soldiers there who were there earlier as well, and so that ties into the plot. Like and like early on, you get a crystal that lets you talk to these to all these corpses uh, using like. There was a- Having 40-year-old dead Nazis was another way that it was uh, prescient because it could equally take place in 2058. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's super weird because like when you, you, you have these conversations with these Nazis or the, the modern soldiers or whoever and it, it does the whole uh, like keyword style of conversation oh, right. like from, that from old RPGs. Uh, where you, like you you can always ask a guy name or job, and then other things he says might lead to other things you can ask him. Right, like the the text adventure style open endedness of the conversation, except it's just like a keyword engine. Yeah, yeah, and there's like different spells you can find and get, I think, and yeah, just super weird stuff happens in it. It's uh, just uh, all all the stuff of the sort of thing that like you don't see anymore because nobody had decided yet that you shouldn't have this stuff in a first person shooter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it's also kind of just it when streamlined that became deus ex and that genre. Yeah. True. Uh, And I played uh, bacon, which is also a game you guys were talking about. And this is a game that, I mean, it's, so it's basically a pancake or burger, but you're trying to, place a floppy piece of like apparently raw because it's it's the floppy piece of bacon uh, onto uh, random objects uh, or ideas just like aspects of the human condition Um, (laughs) (laughs) the fact that the bacon sizzles when it's on the pan makes me wonder if there was if this game started with what if the physics properties of this object changed the longer you held it oh. on the pan, and then oh, you had to wild. solve these. But then that yeah. ended up so not if, being fun. So if your bacon gets crunchy, so it, it acts right? different? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, Because well, it's modeled in a way that it could be like that. And, like, I don't know. It, it, I, would, I would also equally not put it past Philip Stolenmeyer to just add the sizzling as a detail, right? Because, like, sure. the pancake gets darker the longer you... Right. And the pancake, the, like, the, the, also the detail of the pancake becoming out of an egg cracking is just... Yeah. That's chef very, kiss emoji. It's very, very good. Yeah. God damn. Just, ah, man. Because it's not even like pancake batter pours out of the egg. It's right. just like it it's opens. It's like a TARDIS eggshell with a fully formed, already solid pancake, right. which is the point where you don't need to cook a pancake anymore. Jesus, fuck everything about that is perfect. Uh, the... the- I think the big downside to having to cook the bacon first is that if some levels required you to cook the bacon, you would you would your have a, to like take ten yeah, seconds your before the would, yeah. And so much of this, like the way this the, the flow of this game is, if the attempts take more than a couple of seconds, it gets old real fast. Yeah, because it's so random. Um, but because they are, because it's like like how a Super Meat Boy, you an attempt at a level is usually over in seconds. You don't mind that it takes you a hundred attempts, and that it's also pretty random, effectively random. Um, to, uh, to yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have attempt. to be fair if it's right if it exactly. lets you just throw repetition at it, right? Uh, and this game, like, if I, I would actually like to have a conversation with Philip Stolenmeyer. I don't know if he can talk. Um, 
about like just his game design ethos because there's so much about this game that I would do differently. For example, um, seemingly he has no problem, and this seems I think this would be fixable with like so you you use the a, a um a 2D physics engine, in this case, like a soft body physics engine, it's probably just a collection of springs. Um, and uh, these things tend to run at variable frame rates because games do. And when, so when the hand that's coming out at a fixed velocity, um, if the frame where the hand drops the bacon takes a long time to render, the impulse, the multiplied by the length of that frame gets added to the bacon's velocity. Yeah, it just hurls across right. the so screen. Right, like, yeah. if you need the bacon to go, like, oh, across the screen real fast, all you need to do is, like, close the game and reload it, and your first attempt will probably have the guy fleeing the bacon at top speed. <laughs> and I've solved several levels that way. <laughs> and I don't know if that's part of the design, because it totally might be. It totally might be like, yeah, that's fun. Let's just do it that way. Or, yeah, I mean, so... Somewhere between Oikospiel and, you know, uh, crayon physics or whatever, there is, there is a threshold of like, all right, how much, what bugs are acceptable? Right. Right. Like what bugs are okay because this is a funny game. Right. You know, and will be entertaining. Okay. No, I should say somewhere between Oikospiel and Skyrim, say, okay. where they left in the like crazy flying up in the air when a, when a giant hits you because it was funny. Right. And right. it's like, that's not worth fixing because it adds something. It is kind of funny when the thing just goes nuts and hurls the bacon across the, yeah. I didn't understand that you could do it on purpose, which actually makes me feel pretty different about the sort of, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to say moral implication of leaving it in, but <laughs> the design implication of leaving okay. it in. Um, but yeah, like, like, like every it, once in a while the bacon will split it. Like the bacon will get stuck in a way that it will lose cohesion. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you can get it stuck in between the pan and something else and see the individual pieces that it's made of because they're not touching each other anymore, yeah. which eh, whatever. That's a weird thing. And then they slap back together when you, when you uh, open the gap up again. It's a it's a it's an odd choice, but like I I do definitely recommend this game because in the interaction of like the the comedy of flinging a piece of bacon around ineptly and also now you put bacon on the concept of reconciliation and the like food hack number fifty six bacon on reconciliation and then there's the visual depiction of reconciliation that's that's interpreted as a physics object. I'm making that one up. That one's in sure, like, right. so the audience understands, but it's things like that. Like one thing that's literally in there is like there's a physical model of like the program some of the program's source code. Yeah. Um and it's the it's the Lua code that determines whether the bacon has stabilized yet. Mm. Um and uh you're trying to flip the bacon so that it lands on that thing and then it gives you like a uh, a nice screenshot that you can screen cap and send to your friends about how you put bacon on this program's source code. It's very, very entertaining. A very, uh, very entertaining play for like two seconds at a time. Yeah. It was like on the front page of my phone. It was on the only page of my phone for a long time just because it was such a good, like, yeah, yeah, I can do this for a minute. Even, even if it's like, ah, oh, this is just that level I'm frustrated with. Say like tapioca rider kind of took over it. Hat tapioca rider? There's no hat in it. Oh. Okay. 
You can keep going with the bit. That's that's you, good. That's good. They they weren't here for the all right. for the content. We'll just keep that one for us. Yeah. Um anything else? Uh yeah. Um I played The Hex. What's that? Which is uh the new game by Daniel Mullins, who made Pony Island. Hmm. Um and this is a game where Wait, is it starts is Pony Island meant as a pun on Coney Island? Or is that a coincidence? I didn't ask. So you I, played Pony Island. We did. We did yeah. an assignment. Yeah. Yeah. Was that yeah, before it was you really good. started? No, I, I played it with you guys. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I I went. I think I went on a rant about how Satan isn't scary. <laughs> if, if I remember right. That sounds like the sort of hubris you brought to the podcast in the early days. <laughs> right. Um, and this is a game about... You, it starts out with six video game protagonists in a bar and one of them is apparently planning a murder and the game is like you start going through all their backstories and the backstories involve playing all the games they start in Hmm. if they're video game protagonists aren't they always all planning a murder (laughs) (laughs) well there was uh, unfortunately a lot of them are like one of well one of them is like one of them's like Super Weasel Kid, I think was the name of the game, and it's a platformer. So I guess that one, even that one, like you're you're killing these mushroom dudes by stepping on them. In Super Weasel Kid 2, there's a nice uh, subversion where like you jump on the mushroom kid and then there's a quick time event for punching him repeatedly. Which is I mean, good. I guess technically if it's true to Mario canon, you're also just killing the other citizens of the mushroom kingdom right. every time you break a block. Yeah, there's there's probably some of that in there. My friends and neighbors are probably worth fifty points each, <laughs> right? Um, and there was like a Fallout-ish tactical game. I don't I don't know how much of this is spoilers because like I read about this as like this is this year's Frog Fractions, and so yeah, I, decided, I was about to say it kind of sounds like Frog Fractions. Yeah, it's it's definitely like I well I don't know I don't know if it's definitely inspired, although I think it is, uh, but it's definitely in the same vein. Um, there's a, uh, do so you I, like, do you like it or are, nah, are you like me aware? Mm, <laughs> uh, I, I want to like it cause I like Daniel Mullins. Like yeah. it's one of those things. Uh, I, I think that, so I'm like three hours into this game and it's apparently like six hours long and I think it would be so much better if it were like one hour long instead Mm-hmm. because all these, you know, he put a bunch of work into making like simple versions of a bunch of different games, but they're not actually fun. They're not actually like, it's not actually a good platformer that you're playing and the density. So, so of, it's not like say retro game challenge where all these weird little games are actually really good polished games. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's not like Frog Fractions where you don't have to, like, get good at them to proceed through you, the story. You don't actually have to get good at them, but you, oh. you do have to spend a bunch of time. Okay. Um, and uh, the density of jokes and of, or, or, and or subversions or reveals is not high enough to sustain that um, that length of gameplay, I don't think. But, like... I still don't like when I was saying I don't want to spoil it. Like I started telling you some genres of games in there. I don't know if that's the interesting part or not, hmm. because 
like maybe for all I know, like in the last two hours of the six hours, it, it, it becomes a very different thing even from that. So like I'm going to keep playing it, but I'm not sure if I've already found the interesting part. I don't Pony Island. Let me try that again. Pony Island. I feel like I remember that only being a couple hours long. Pony right? Island is a lot shorter. Yeah. yeah. Well, report back next yeah. week once you finished it. We'll do. Is that everything? Uh, yeah, let's 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 leave the rest for next week. Let's go to Kevin, who is otherwise going to fall asleep. Yeah, I have not really played much. <clears throat> All right, let's sleeping. go to Zach, who maybe is. Have you played more things? I have, yeah. Uh, uh, so I played. I, I I can't talk about this too much because I have only played the intro mission and not any of the actual game. Like I played the tutorial of the Blackout Club, which oh. dropped by surprise. Into uh, early access. Yeah. And I have been, like, at, every year at, at GDC, uh, our buddy Tom has a dinner where we get to meet a bunch of people who are way better than us at making video games. And at, it has it has happened that the uh, Jordan Thomas and Stephen Alexander, who, who made the Magic Circle a couple years ago after they left 2K... Uh, and have now released this they've been talking about like so i like heard about this when it was just like an idea that they were working on and then i heard about it when it was like in very early pre-production and then i heard about it when it was like about to go into beta and every time they talked about it i got more and more excited about it because it is like i didn't realize this was so close to being playable yeah i didn't either um it and it it's nice it like the for an early access thing like it is extre- at least like the tutorial stuff and the the way that the world looks and feels is very very polished already that's cool which you know they also hired david pitman right as the gameplay yeah, that, programmer that was, and that's like bodes super well right for it also um i was just thinking like what if there were four david pitmans working on a thing instead of one yeah <laughs> you um four times as much low poly vampire art so <laughs> <laughs> it's the same level generation as Slayer Shock, just all the levels are four times as big. <laughs> Good. We just, David, like, I love Slayer Shock. I just want so, you to know. So do I. I it's I, I like <laughs> I'm one of the eight hundred people who bought it according to Steam Spy. But the idea the idea that uh if you made four if you made three additional clones of David Pittman, that they would just individually make the exact same game, and then they would just stitch them together to be played adjacent to one another right. is an unstoppable idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's let's make next time there's a game jam, let's make David Pittman Tycoon. <laughs> <laughs> where you start out with one David Pittman and he makes one Slayer Shock per year of a given size. And then you, oh God, you have to depressingly wait like a thousand years for that to sell enough copies to buy a cloning machine. Right. And then you can make another David Pittman. So this this game is not just for... Four Slayer Shocks taped together. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Wii. <It's laughs> uh, Three Slayer so, Shocks in a trench coat. <laughs> it's, it's, I can't exactly describe the 
So uh, situation of the world. So tell me ha- if I'm wrong here. This is like a. It's like Left 4 Dead. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> but in the intro mission, you're just sort of introduced to the mechanics and the and the world, and it's like your kids in a town where at night monsters drag people into this vast subterranean network of ritual chambers and creepy industrial spaces and none of the adults act like they know what's going on or believe the kids when they say this even as more and more and more of them are disappearing and dying um and there's a weird thing that happens like you can only go there when you're asleep and there is sort of this constant antagonistic presence maybe not constant maybe it's only there some of the time but you can only see it when your eyes are closed like there's a button to close your eyes and you get sort of communication from various tutorialization entities and also other entities maybe they're like messages from your waking self or something that you can only see when you close your eyes but like when you close your eyes the view just becomes like a sort of a swirling mass of blood uh, and there are these bright red outlines of the things that are available to you in that sort of vision mode. You don't really have weapons. You, there's, there's a, this clever idea. There's like, you can, you can get cans of like foam insulation. And the way, the way that that works is you can drop it and it explodes, creating a foam pad that you can land on quietly. Yeah. Like the can and, and explodes. The explosion is yeah, silence. the explosion does not make any noise. There are a bunch of enemies that can hear but not see, mm. and so that's like that's an actually like a very very interesting dynamic for a stealth game. There are enemies that can see but not hear, and enemies that can hear but not see. Um, and there's like when you get caught, they will the enemy will like drag you to the nearest red door, which is like the bad place, but. They will drag, there's piles of trash everywhere, and every pile of trash has like something in it that if you can manage to highlight it and grab it while you're being dragged past it and the view is being jerked around, you can like pull it out and like beat the attacker until they let you go and then run away uh, to safety. And there's. So do you not have weapons normally? You don't. Uh, there's, you have, there's like a trank dart that in the tutorial you're just given and you just have to run up to someone and stab them with it. I think maybe there's a trank dart but no crossbow or maybe there's a crossbow. Actually, yeah, when you play an actual game, you sort of pick one item to choose your character class and one of the character classes has a crossbow. Okay. And one has a grappling hook. Um, anyway, I, I think it's like four person. This actually cut. does sound a lot like, uh, a, a sequel to Slayer Shock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of about like teens fighting monsters except they're just weird cultists of right. of whatever yeah it's i don't know man it's at the very least i because i haven't played it yet i don't really know how it plays and i'm imagine that i will be terrible at it just because it's a multiplayer although i wasn't that bad at i was fine at left for dead right it got if i was playing with strangers it was worse because everyone was so much better than me that i just and it wasn't that they were bitching about it it was that i just felt like a liability right um you know whether they were calling me racial slurs or not but i assume the same will be true of this just because i'm bad at video games but i will try to play it and report back and you guys should maybe buy it and we can maybe we can try to play it together as an assignment yeah sounds good to me um, did we pick an assignment uh weren't the missing we i think we gonna do, yeah right, we're gonna yeah, do the missing oh the yeah, new, yeah let's the new do that. Yeah. which it turns um, out everyone is really loving like apparently if if you can get past the fact that it's kind of gory and bloody people are saying the story is really amazing 
Cool. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked to keep playing it. Like yeah. I I stopped when when you said you wanted to do it as an assignment, and I just was willing to concede anything immediately to avoid doing Oberdin as an assignment. <laughs> so I also played a game that also I had not. I realized when I saw that it had released that I had been seeing people talking about it, but it just kind of didn't register. It's a a new game that's just called Call of Cthulhu, and it's like a Okay. High-ish budget. Uh, yeah, I downloaded kind of, that for Halloween, but I haven't played it yet. I can't really tell what kind of game it is. I like. I'm maybe an hour and a half in. There hasn't been any fighting yet, so it's not like Call of Cthulhu: Dark Corners of the Earth was a weird sort of adventure game shooter hybrid. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that, that really failed like, in some significant ways. The shooting but, didn't happen till like halfway through the game. It was a really yeah, weird pivot. Yeah. And it's almost like the shooting started happening when they ran out of money to make the game they wanted to make. Right. Um, this, this one is a little weird because so far there's no, like that game was immediately really scary and menacing, right? This one, like an hour and a half in, you're, you know, you're trying to figure out how to get into a warehouse. Uh, and, and like, you know, it's fine. It's people are creepy and there's, there's some creepy stuff, but it hasn't, it hasn't gotten tense. It's, I, I don't exactly understand what kind of game it is. There are these RPG-style stats, one of which is, like, find hidden objects. And it's a percentage chance, and it's and it says in the tooltip for it, objects that you don't find aren't there or something. Like, it's, <laughs> like, uh, like it's just stops things from appearing in the, in the environment in, unless you pass your role, uh. I guess. But I don't know... It, it seems like there are, it kind of reminds me of Vampire, that game that just came out in that there are all of these dialogue options that get opened by like things you've learned from other people or like things you've read on the wall or whatever, or tests of skills that you have a certain number of points in, but it, it doesn't really tell you, it doesn't tell you explicitly whether you succeed or fail those roles and it also kind of seems like you always get what you want out of the person, whether you succeed or fail. Maybe there, I found that this was fucking weird. It, it seems as though maybe there are four or five different ways to get into this warehouse, depending on what skills you have chosen. But because things are gated by die rolls against these skills, any one of them seems like it can fail, which means that everyone on average kind of gets funneled into whatever the like, yes man ending is like the default way of getting into a thing. And there's often like a narrative pivot that doesn't make any sense that is that causes that to happen. And it's so I went into Trying to get into this warehouse, it's on, like, the bootleggers' territory on their side of this island, and so there's, like, guys guarding it, and you can find a thing. If you pick a lock, you can get a bottle of whiskey to give to these guys. This is a bunch of spoilers. Let's imagine I'm just making this up as broad examples of the kind of things you can do. Convince these guys, hey, I'll give you some whiskey if you pick a fight with those dudes, and then they just leave and let you through or whatever. But then the door's locked, and if you can't pick that lock, then you have to go make friends with the bootlegger or whatever. But a guy earlier said, you know, all these warehouses are connected by the sewers. 
It's like, oh, okay. So I go into another warehouse where there's a broken winch connected to a big gate that's over the sewer. And I'm like, okay, well, I put all of my character creation points in the beginning of this into find hidden objects. So I, it cannot be any higher than this. So let's see how this finding hidden objects things work. So I was looking around. There are three individual parts that you need to find in this sort of warehouse full of junk to get the winch working again. Uh, I don't know whether spending time there caused a periodic roll on their chance to appear or if I actually just didn't see them until I had looked everywhere five times or what was going on. One of them was definitely just in a basket when I looked in it. One of them, like, the spot hidden might just highlight them from a distance before you actually mouse over them. Like, it's not, it feels like there is some systemic stuff going on, but I don't, I can't tell what it is. I found all these pieces. I fixed the crane. I clicked the dialogue option in interacting with the crane to turn the crank to open the grate and... He goes, ah, shit, I broke it. And the, the so the the grate raises up and then just slams shut. And I was like, what the fuck? Did I, like, did I just fail a stat check? <laughs> and that's what happened there? Here, or yeah. like, Who was knows? this just because or, or did they set out to like the true horror is extremely disappointing puzzle <laughs> resolutions? Like, <laughs> like a like the true this is the horror old, is this discovering is the old that you're of, bad at things. Yeah, this, this is the old <laughs> god of anticlimax, as right. opposed to like blood sacrifice. Uh, the true horror is the friends you need to call along the way to get. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a bunch of cool shit to find. Like I like it when like oh I see that this dialogue option was unlocked by this thing that I read in this other room and like that's cool and I think I'm sort of starting to piece together the story of like the curse of this terrible island but like also and this is fucking aggravating to the point where I kind of am just gonna have to wait for them to patch this there is a bug that happens pretty routinely where you just can't select dialogue options so you'll be talking to somebody and you can highlight the dialogue options but clicking on them doesn't do anything and looking in the steam forums the way to do this is according to some people uh plug in and unplug a controller over and over again until it starts working uh but for some people that does not work i didn't have a controller at home so i couldn't try it and so that solution is you, know, you just got to fucking quit and reload from the last checkpoint. You can't save manually, so you often just lose a bunch of time doing <laughs> that. And it's like, well, I... Maybe I won't buy this game. I... It's maybe hard Maybe I'll wait to, for it to be patched. Yeah. It... Uh, man, it's so... It looks like a game that is fucking right up my alley. Yeah. Right. There, it's there like, there's a these... review I saw of it that was titled the worst game I've ever seen that I definitely re recommend you to play. <laughs> right. It, it just, it seems like it could be so good. It did get me thinking though, about like, I, I don't think that fundamentally an action a mechanic involving an action with a chance of failure, I don't think is good. It's like an RPG mainstay, right? But well, it, I, it kind of just breaks when there 
are did i talk about playing system shock 2 a couple of weeks ago yeah like one of the things that happens in system shock 2 is there's a hacking mechanic which is just a die roll and so every time you hack something what happens is you quick save and try yeah. it and then if it doesn't work you quick load because why would you ever do anything else yeah and you don't get to quick save in this so i mean they've solved that problem no, i guess in, that's fair one way but it's like I really like the way that, like, some of the Fallout DLC does this, where it's like, if you are close to being able to do a thing with a skill that you have, it shows you a grayed out version of it because you can't do it. Otherwise, you just don't see it unless it's like, oh, my stat that I've chosen gives me an option here that I wouldn't have otherwise had, but it just fucking works. It's just a dialogue option, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, which I, is... Yeah. And that's how we did it in, in West of Loathing, and that was in part... Well, I mean, it's in part because I think that that's the right way to do it, but also that made it so we didn't really have to worry about a save system, yeah, right? Because it's like I fucking hate in Fallout Four what I did the first time I played it, which was constantly quick loading and quick saving in conversations until I got the like ten percent chance of a persuasion check passing because I didn't want some plot branch cut off. And if they just hadn't shown me that option with a huge chance of failure, I wouldn't have felt like that and wasted all my time. Right. But I had to. I didn't have to. I just had to, you know? I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'm going to see if they fix that. Like, it seems like enough people are talking about it that a lot of people must have bought it. And it's like a $50 game, too. So. Yeah, on PS4, it's a full price $60 one. Um. Also, I played a game, uh, Liz Ryerson posted a tweet a couple days ago that was just a list of games that were cool and overlooked that were on the Halloween sale. And a lot, I bought, a f I bought every game on that list because they were all like a dollar. Uh, was this on itch? No, it was all Steam games. Uh, that, that's still happening and probably will be by the time I get home. I should check that out. Yeah. Uh, one game, the one that I got that I, so I, I bought them all. I played about half of them. I liked one of them, but I liked it a lot. And it is a game called Creepy Castle, which I kind of don't understand why. It Steam Spy says that this game sold, this is from like 2016 or 2017. So there's still some Steam, Steam Spy data for it. And it says between zero and 20,000 owners, oh, which yeah. that doesn't fucking mean anything. Right. It has like 80 reviews on Steam. I looked into it. It came from a Kickstarter that successfully funded at like $8,000. It is... The, d don't at me. This is like if Undertale was good. <laughs> uh, it's It shouldn't be hard to describe, but the presentation of it makes it hard to describe in terms of its mechanics. It's basically a grid-based, turn-based RPG, but it looks like a platformer. Like, all the screenshots make it look like a, like a very simple pixel art platformer, like a, like a cave story or something. Um, with more primitive graphics than that. But it's actually everything is turn-based except different enemies have different sort of real-time games that you play in lieu of attacking them. And it's got a big sprawling map with a bunch of locks and keys and secrets. And it's not a great... It's got like fixed save points like an old Nintendo game would, which kind of sucks. But um, I'm... It's it's scratching the same itch that Void Pyramid 
did. This this game is making me really wish it were a pixel art platformer. Looking the screenshots rather that I'm looking at. Yeah, it's not. It's you move one grid space at a time, and there's there's some interstitial animation to conceal that fact, but you can't jump. It looks like maybe eventually you'll be able to jump. Maybe. Eventually you'll be able to move on water or something. Yeah. I guess as you power up. You've got an inventory of items that you can use in different situations, so there is like a lot of potential for there to be weird secrets. And I don't know if there are, but there's no reason that there wouldn't be. The visual customization options are really cool. Like you can just pick all these different color palettes and apply like, you know, do you want the scan lines filter? Do you want the like CRT TV bloom on it? Like, uh, how, like you can choose what kind of interstitial movement animations it has, like whether they're juddery or smooth. Oh, that's neat. Um, yeah, it's, it seems really good, and it's like it was on sale for like two dollars. So, and I don't understand why I had never heard of it until now because it like it seems to me to have all of the same charm as Undertale. Um, does it have a following of six million people? It does not. That might be part of the problem. Yeah, yeah that is a problem. <clears throat> uh, it was pr- it was pretty uh, published by Nicalis, which mm. so it's like had. Some backing. Hmm. Uh, as I wrote down, it's the company that made it or the collective or whatever. I mean, it's sort of hard to, they don't have a website. It's called Dopterra They're on Twitter at D-O-P-T-E-R-R-A. But all they're tweeting about is this game, like patching it. And it's like you know, a couple years old at this point. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Creepy Castle. What about you, Riff? What have you been playing? Hmm, well, uh, I don't really have much else to say about Oberdin except to recommend the uh, Rock Paper Shotgun review of it. Um, I played a little bit of, like, the new, the, speaking of Undertale, <clears throat> a thing called, um, uh, what is it? Delta Deltarune. 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 Yeah. yeah. Has been yeah, released, which I, Deltarune.com, oh. which I guess is like the, a, a preview of Undertale 2 or something. I haven't gotten all the way to the end, so I haven't seen whatever it says at the end telling you what to expect next. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's cute. It seems pretty good. It, I think people who like Undertale will like it, and people who don't like Undertale, uh, will continue to not like this either. But, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, uh, it's basically the same mechanics, except you, uh, uh, you can have a party of characters now instead of just the one guy. Uh, but it's, it's How another. How does that interact uh, with, uh, like, the, the dodging mechanics in the combat? So, um, you, you're, in combat, your party is arranged like old school Final Fantasy where you've got your guys are standing in a column at the top of the one side of the screen and the enemy is on the other side of the screen. And on your turns, uh, your, your guys and, and the, the other, the other characters I've encountered, the other party members I've encountered so far, uh, run autonomously. So you don't, you don't get to pick what they're doing. Um, but, uh, they, you know, they jump across the screen and attack the guy and then come back. And then when it's the monster's turn, it puts the, the, you know, the, the Undertale green square with a little red heart in the middle into the middle of the field and the, the enemy's attacks swarm around the heart and you have to bullet dodge them. So it's, it's all basically the same sort of thing, except rearranged. So does everybody have like a shared pool of health? Um, 
I think it might just be, I think, I think, well, I've only, I've only been in one fight so far. Okay. But the, it seemed like that monster was only attacking me or, or, or the, the protagonist, because it's, it's the protagonist is actually explicitly not the player. Um, but. I don't. I don't want to say any more about that because that that'd be For spoilers. Sure. Yeah, but so, um, yeah. If if like your party members are just like they can't be attacked, and that 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 actually seems like a really simple way to handle it. Yeah, it's 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 basically the an Undertale combat again, except everything's rearranged. The interface looks a little different. Right. Um. I think that's kind of that's kind of all I've done. A lot of my spare time recently has been spent painting gaming figures and stuff like that. So. Well, shall we talk about the assignment? Oh, yeah, we have to do that still. Higgy ball. Yeah. Mm. Pray love. Mm. Ball. <laughs> I think you're probably going to do most of the talking here. Yeah. 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 I, I, mm. I really like this game. Huh. I um, did not get far. <laughs> Riff, you, you described it on Slack as a, a real gross fever dream. Yeah. Of a game, and I couldn't tell if that was a compliment or not because I absolutely agree, and I love it. <laughs> I, I I don't mind so much the fever dreaminess of it. I I couldn't handle how gross it is, and not just that's in fair. not just that's in the totally in, like fair. the like, sense that it's about a pig that pukes like that's gross, <laughs> but but everything other than that is also gross. Like well, it's also, like it's, everything it's, about this game. It, how it looks kind of is so upsetting. Miami aesthetic, <laughs> which, which is of, which is horrible. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh. yeah, like it's deliberately unsettled. And when I say horrible, I'm, this is not like an opinion, right? Oh, like yeah. this is like clearly a choice that they made to be horrible. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I don't think that was deliberate on the part of the developer here. Like I think they were. You don't think so? I, I mean, I mean zooming it, zooming in and out on pixel art is fucking gross yeah, and everyone i think knows true. that that's like fair. i don't think that you can look at that and not understand that it's sort of fundamentally unsettling i don't maybe it's not maybe that maybe maybe i'm yeah. uh, so the if, illusion of objectivity here. if anybody wants to play this game i recommend um if you're sensitive there's a option in the sound t- to specifically turn down the volume on vomit sounds <laughs> which is probably very helpful for some people but then why would those people be playing the game at all? Like even the name the, the name of the studio is so gross. What is it? Mommy's Best Games. It's just like <laughs> I'd ugh. Well, so all those all the games this studio made have this art style, but they aren't all like okay. about puking. Okay. So like I don't think they were going for like, yeah, let's make every game as gross as possible. Like their first game, if I remember right, was an XBLIG game that was basically a Contra clone. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, so, um, I was talking to the developer, um, earlier and he was saying that, um, what he was trying to make here was basically, uh, Mario galaxy, except with different mechanics from jumping. Um, and structurally, it's pretty much identical. Like, you've got the, the hub world and you've got like mm. sub levels and you've got, you're always doing different things built around the same general set of moves. Um, and you're collecting cool, like, 
uh, like quote unquote cool um, collectibles, I guess. <laughs> In this case, outfit the pearls pieces or whatever. What was that all the little outfit? power up thing yeah yeah and then, then the collectibles that, that advance you through the game the pearls it's funny that you're collecting pearls i guess sure <laughs> i didn't even realize that was probably oh <laughs> right <laughs> okay uh and like i just really dug like moving through this space exploring the overworld and constantly being given new twists on the challenge of like trying to eat every tennis ball like I thought like from a from a design standpoint, I thought it was really like constantly like constantly inventive and constantly like just refreshing ideas. And aesthetically, like it is a really hard sell, I think, for not just you guys, but I think for a lot of people, and that's why the game isn't selling, is my guess. Um and I don't know like what to I don't know how I would have fixed that, you know, like apart from just make a different game. Well, I mean, so like imagine Mario Odyssey, yeah. except instead of, you know, throwing your hat at stuff, you you shit into your hand and throw whatever kind of shit, you know, comes out of whatever being you are uh -huh. at the moment. <laughs> All right, and then I'm right there with you. And then just like. The camera also kind of wobbles in and out That's, towards just, the the player. Just, all, I am I'm just rock hard right all now. the time in between. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. I can tell by the weird calluses on your hand. <laughs> oh God! I but replace but my, it's Mario Odyssey. This game is awesome. With a Wiimote. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It would be an awesome game from a design standpoint, but it wouldn't matter because I mean, I okay, I would still play it. But yeah. like but again, it would be a hard sell. It's it's one of those things like I didn't realize quite how hard a sell it was until I tried to tell anybody about it. Like to recommend it. So and I I, I kind of suspect that the developers in a similar situation were like, "Oh, it's cute. The pig, the pig throws up all the time." Um, I think that they should not have a demo because I downloaded the demo and I was like, I don't want to buy this, which that's not, I hate that that was my instinct because I don't like feeling that way. I'm like, even if like, like if you had said nothing, if you had said, Hey, my friend made this game, it's on steam. Now I would just buy it. Even if I did not care whether I played it or not, right. but playing the demo of this made me decide not to buy it. Like, I don't, I, and looking at the screenshots made me play the demo instead of buying it. <laughs> and I mean, I guess arguably <laughs> this is the sort of like pro-consumer bullshit that, you know, leads people to want demos. Right. But like, you know, it also like, yeah, it's, I don't know. We sold, you know, what do they say? Games with demos sell 20% less, 25% less. And out of the four of us, I didn't buy it because <laughs> I, I played the demo. That makes sense. The, the math adds up. And is, I'm sure, infinitely generalizable, right? <laughs> At arbitrary scale. Uh, well, that's a bummer that it's like good ideas couched in profoundly off-putting presentation. It's like my you personality. You the same way about uh, uh, Steven Sausage Roll, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Even people who would like the gameplay of that, I think that like it just shouldn't look so revolting. Hmm. 
because it looks cheap. Yeah. And I guess nobody who was going to buy it would care, right? You know, I don't know. Like, I bet Campfire Cooking has sold way more copies than Steven Sausage Roll, even though it's just kind of a less elegantly articulated version of the same thing in some ways. Right. But it just looks appealing and accessible, and it doesn't, you know, it just kind of wants you to play it in a way that Steven Sausage Roll wants you to write an essay about it. <laughs> sure. Now I'm just hoping that same studio makes a clone of Pig Eat Ball with a more accessible theming. Yeah, although I don't know. what What's the non-gross version of barfing? Oh, I mean, maybe you have like a satchel that you have to empty. Hmm. The peas, pea shooting and zombie mm-hmm. in uh, Plants vs. Zombie. Right. Yeah, they could suck up peas or shoot peas, and I don't think. But the peas stay hot for a while after you suck. Oh. after you blow them out, so just just a Kirby who and as he, oh, yeah. but but he can consume more than one guy, so he inflates, and you see all these people inside him struggling to free themselves. Oh man, good. <laughs> like and a, that's not gross somehow. <laughs> no, that is gross, but it's just gross in a fun way. Like, just imagining a bunch of people trying to claw their way out of whatever kind of thing Kirby is. Mm-hmm. That's, you know. What about trying to claw their way out of Jack Kirby? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, what I imagine is just like, uh, what, what do you think the first instance in film of like, so in Nightmare on Elm Street, there's a scene where the wall above Nancy's bed is replaced with like a sheet that looks like a wall like a stretchy sheet and right. a, and Freddy like presses through it and you see like the form of a person pressing out through it. Like what do you, what do you think the, the, the genesis of that hmm. image on film was? Do you think it was that? No, uh, the prisoner, uh, did that. No. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Neat. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if there's one earlier than that or not. We should have a listener's mail segment next week so we can, Ask people to write in and tell us. Yeah, about- people write in and tell us, and we'll do a listener's mail segment next week. Like, that is the hardest kind of search. Like, wouldn't we? Yeah. The, yeah. 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 First- That's why we're asking our, our yeah, we're our crowd yeah. fans. We're crowd to- yeah, if any of you <laughs> is if, if any of you is this troper on TV tropes, then right. <laughs> let us know. Because <laughs> it's, it's probably, honestly, it's probably some sort of like student. Film sure. That nobody ever saw except for whoever like put it in the a first silent film that silent burned film, yeah. when that uh, when there was that big fire that destroyed like it was the twenty five percent of the, the existing Abersons. Uh, uh, it was it happened in one of the lost episodes of Doctor Who, so they have the audio right. of it, right. which is just a guy going, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't tell that that's what. I'm uh, stuck behind this wall. So the missing the strange. Diary of J.J. Macklemore. The Missing uh, starring J.J. and Jeff. What's the What's the <laughs> title of the game? Uh, it is... Let's see, I've got it here on my... The Missing J.J. Macfield and the Island of Memories. I had to wait for it to scroll across <laughs> the thing. God. Uh, do you look at game names on what, like a car dashboard showing the song title scrolling? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm looking at it on the screen of my Switch library, so. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, yes. 
that is that is an unconscionable way to present text yeah in it like it is one of the one of the just i don't understand how anyone at any level of the production or consumption of interfaces like that are okay with monitors have gotten so much better over the last 30 40 years that we've decided that we will never show you more than 20 letters of a thing in a row because dude, dude there's not room what the fuck are you crazy we can't show you the entire title of a thing that might be longer than would fit here what the fuck is the matter with you we have to scroll it like it's on a sign above the bathroom at a bar in 1985 <laughs> i think it's i think it has a lot more to do with the fact that the people designing the interfaces for these things are not graphic designers. They well, are engineers. My, my theory like, is that they want to cause car accidents. My, my so. theory is that they are graphic designers and it is more important to them. I mean, we kind of, you and I had some friction about this with West of Loathing where your instinct was to want to edit text to avoid there being too much text for a space, mm-hmm. whereas we are a studio of fucking writers. And so the tech is there in service of the text, not vice versa, like absolutely dogmatically. And I kind of feel the same way about anything. Like the fact that the fact that Google play music, the one of the things that it decides is not important enough to show me when I search for music is the entire title of the motherfucking song in the list of songs. When in fact, that is the only thing that anyone cares about, but it is too long in whatever particular case for how much room the graphic designer decided to leave there. Like it's the fucking CSS deal all over again. Like, if that were a table, it would figure out how to show me the, <laughs> it would figure out how to show me the important thing on the screen, which is the title of the fucking song. But because it was more important that everything line up correctly to the person that made that decision than it was to everyone in history who's ever decided what the title of a song is, who did not give a fuck about your layout 30 years after they died. Well, the, like, the problem in our case was there were. 40 buttons, 40 text buttons in the game that overflowed the yeah, text box. Sure. And instead of no, that, revising that, the entire like that was fine. system, I just shortened them. that was and, and and that was fine. It was that like And in no case did we lose te- like I, actual data because that I, all I of know, that stuff was I, in the response. I know, but what we lost was hundreds of hours of your time, which I understand that you don't value, but it, the rest of the company does and is very aggravated with you when you do things like that. Uh I love you, buddy. It was not. It wasn't like I spent two hundred hours just generating everything and then editing the thing. I like it was playing through the game and finding all the just bugs looking for that. It. But it was hundreds of hours of playthroughs that that's all you were doing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for telling me the name of that game, Riff. I'm sorry it was such sure. a pointless ordeal for you, and then for our <laughs> listeners to hear me bitch about this. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. I was I bitched about it first. They can blame me. Okay. Man, remember the beginning of this episode when I was like real goofy and happy instead of pissed off? Yeah, at then you had all those beers. Google Play Music. Yeah, what episode? No. What episode is it? It's still point zero zero. That's, I don't know, unless something some asymptotic. Like some, yeah, some some of the maybe the uh, I'm having a flashback to some beer that I drank yesterday maybe some that time leaked out of my beer, spinal fluid. Time release beer <laughs> capsules opened up in your stomach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a good way to live. Yeah. <laughs> just uh just like you know like an insulin pump 
Oh, just yeah. a <laughs> just a whiskey pump. Yeah, I think that's a called gin, a flask. <laughs> a, gin, a gin, a gin, a gin Oh, yeah, it's way cheaper if it goes right into your veins, though. You don't have to. You don't gain as much weight. Um, I feel like I should write the word ginsulin on one of the lists that we keep for things to put in the game someday. <laughs> for things that are funny. Yeah. <laughs> we just have so many lists of, like, good words. Good words dot doc. <laughs> Except I can't open that one. You were so mad at me the other day when you realized that I have no way of opening word documents. It just, it just Gen- reminded Windows me how, and- like... You never deal with any business if, people because Windows you doesn't come with WordPad anymore. Word uh, oh, can you open Word documents in WordPad? I think so. Oh, huh. They don't have the word word in them. Yeah. I guess that's true. You if, could probably import it into Google Docs. If you're using your Mac, uh, pages will open them. Huh. Do you need to just look at it or do you want to edit it? I think I wanted to look at it. I just wanted to read I clicked on it and nothing happened. Yeah, then it's hopeless. I just tapped like this table. I tapped just the, like, this table's fucking worthless. I tapped the screen and nothing happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> gentlemen, I had a good time and then kind of a bad time and now a good time again recording episode number 349 of Video Games Hot Dog with you. And I hope we uh, do another one in, uh, good, in just one episode. week. And, yeah, I bet we do. Uh, gosh, you know, one week from today, we'll know how fucked we are or aren't. Oh, yeah. In the oh, future. God. Yeah, let's talk about that a I, lot. I think it's entirely possible that we won't actually. We won't know that, yet. Yeah, because I that, think like, every, so many every, every election, so there'll be, and there'll be so many fucking horseshit recount yeah. things sponsored by the KKK. It's critically important that you not let any uh, non white wow, people that is, that perform is these recounts. very much in the middle of the book. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Not like that's kind center, of the but very that's close. kind of the pivot, yeah. yeah. Yep. Good. Three <clears throat> M. Three M is totally in the middle. <laughs> well, no, because where's three in alphabetical order? Hmm. Well, it's Depends. actually it's what Minnesota mining and they should have called min- it minerals zero three M. What are the three M's? Uh, me- Meeting, miting, ma- and ma- arithmetic. Math- mathematician. Yes. <laughs> it's 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 math. Memorizing words and marking words down oh, on a paper. No, and, <laughs> and mystery. Okay. <laughs> okay, the three the three M's of genre: mystery, murder, and romance. <laughs> That's um. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> a bunch of mo's. <laughs> Just yeah, the Mo, Mo Rocca and Mo. I was trying to think of, of another person in Mo. We're all going now. <laughs> uh, Kakaboo Bubalaya. Uh, decide how much of that good to edit out. Good night, oh, everyone. None of it. It's I already good. decided. Oh, no, it's, 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 it's good. It's all good. See you later.